Hello again, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for tuning in once again to Church Boy Confessions, the podcast powered by an associate LLC with yours truly, Emmanuel Hecke. And the purpose of this podcast is to edify you, tell you about, you know, really inspire you, tell you about how great you are, confess over your life. And, I, and we do that over me being vulnerable on the air, me being transparent and me talking about the word of God. If you don't believe in God, not a Christian, no worries. A lot of what we talk about can apply to you in your life because we relate everything to how to modern day. That's the whole thing. How how relevant God's word is to modern day or how relevant, you know, inspiration is to your everyday life. You're going to love this. So trust me. So if you're tuning in again, thank you so much for tuning in. Tune in for the first time. Welcome. And you're in for a great ride. Um, so, yeah, like I said, Emmanuel Heke here once again. And today I wanted to talk about, it's a topic that I have. I actually wrote a blog about it up on associated.com. Go ahead and check that out if you haven't already. Called The the Perception Prison. The Perception Prison. Um, this this blog um, I wrote and it was inspired by um, the death of Nipsey Hussle. Now, before I even go any further... Um, I'm not going to act like I'm the biggest fan of Nipsey Hussle. Uh, I was the big, biggest fan of Nipsey Hussle while he's alive. Um, I didn't really listen to his music. I was told over and over again that Victory Lap was such a great uh, piece of work, um, but I never actually listened to it. I heard the song Dedication. I love that song. It's actually probably my favorite song from him. Um, but I heard the song Dedication um, by him and Kendrick Lamar. Um, that's about it. Um, but at, before he died, there was a lot of things that he was doing that I started to pay attention to. And uh, one of those things, things being his entrepreneurial ventures. Um, and a lot of his entrepreneurial ventures were centered around helping the community of South L.A. where he was from. Um, and I mean, I think, you know, whether you're from the suburbs or whether you're from the hood, that, you know, the the inspiration that this guy was, um, it, it has he, it just demands respect, you know, um, leaving behind a legacy, really doing what all of us kind of dream of doing or at least um, know what we're supposed to do, at least get to that place, get to the mountaintop and then go back and help our community. Um, and it was just very unfortunate that this guy um, broke through a lot of the expectations that possibly were placed on him from being, you know, a minority coming out of low income neighborhood and really the hood and having a positive impact on not only South L.A., but even anybody who really listened to his music and anybody that was affected by him in some way, shape or form. Um, so, yeah, this this uh, this episode, I'm going to name the Perception Prison. So why why is it called the perception prison? Because I feel like, and this kind of segues into the topic, you know, just kind of explaining it in more detail. The perception prison is this term that I created. Um, hopefully, you know, there's no copyright on it. I really don't know. It popped in my head, so I'm going with it. The perception prison is a term that I gave to refer to um, the boxes that we place each other into. Um, the boxes that we place each other into and, uh, you know, based on whether it could be skin color, it could be uh, uh, characteristic personalities. Um, you know, we we all develop perceptions of things, whether it be perceptions of the world, of, the, of society or individual people. In this regard, I'm talking about individual people. We form perceptions of people. Um, and the problem with that or the problem that that lies within that 
process of forming a perception with people is that it's hard to then change our perception of people. You know, we've talked about how important first impressions are. Why are first impressions so important? Because of something that exists called the perception prism. Prison. Um, When we talk about I see you for the first time, you're going to give off some type of vibe to me, and I'm going to perceive that that is who you are. Um, And then when I see you the second time, the third time, fourth time, even if you're completely different, I'm still going to stay attached to my first impression of you. You know, I'm still going to think of you as the person that I met the first time. And what it's doing is it's keeping you in a prison. Um, it's keeping that person in a prison. That person is not allowed to break through. It's not a, they're not allowed to um, um, do anything beyond what you perceive them to be able to do. They're not allowed to um, surprise you because then when they do, I believe that it breeds jealousy. It breeds comparing. It breeds um, just a lot of spitefulness. So I think that it definitely relates to what happened with Nip. I mean, I would say that, you know, South L.A. definitely loved Nip, but, you know, there were people who hated him enough and in this case to actually take his life. Um So how does this relate to anything that's in the Bible? Well, we're going to talk about it. I want to go off of Luke chapter 4, verse 14 to 24. And this reads, starting in verse 14. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth when he, and he was born in Nazareth, just a side note, where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written. The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the power, to, to, to the poor. Excuse me. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recover, a recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. Uh, other other uh, versions will say he gave it back to the minister or um, whoever, like the priest or whatever. Um, the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son? They asked. Jesus said to them, Surely you will quote this proverb to me, Physician, heal yourself, and you will tell me, Do here in your hometown what we have heard that you do in Capernaum. Truly I tell you, he continued, No prophet is accepted in his hometown. So, may God bless hearing and reading and understanding his word in Jesus' name. We're going to go right into it. And just really to paraphrase everything. So what's happening here? Um, Jesus is out here in a synagogue like he normally does. But this time he reads a part of the scripture, which is a prophesying scripture. Everything he's reading from Isaiah, the scroll that he's given, um, is supposed to prophesy what the son of God who was sent to free the people is supposed to do. And Jesus basically went up on stage in front of a whole bunch of people who, you know, have a relationship with God, um, children of Israel, really, and said that I am the Messiah. I, I am I am the son of God, like, and I've been anointed, and here's what I'm going to do. And he said that with confidence, right? He said that with confidence, and he wanted to go sit back down, and everybody was amazed. But at the same time, you know, they asked, isn't this Joseph's son? 
And what I didn't read is that later on, um, they even tried to kill him and stone him or actually not stone him, but throw him off a cliff because they ended up thinking that the words that he said were uh, blasphemous. So kind of broke this into two different places. First, we see the confidence. I think that in this passage, it, it displays the most confident. I think this passage most clearly explains how confident Jesus Christ was and who he was. And when we talk about this guy got up on the stage and he literally said, this is who I am and this is what I'm going to do. I've been anointed. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he didn't, you know, back talk, none of that. He closed the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and he went and found his seat. Um, and that's all it was to it. It was plain. It was didn't need no climatic. It wasn't animated. He just said what he said and he went to go sit down. Um, but the response to it. You know, which is the second part I want to get to. The response to it was definitely not. I mean, I, of course, probably uh, Jesus expected it, but not what we would all expect. When we think of Jesus right now, we think, man, of course he was the son of God. But everybody that back then was skeptical and they were just saying like, yo, like, isn't this Joseph's son? Like, you know, Mary and Joseph, like, isn't this, you know, the boy Mary and them raised? Like, who does, who, how is he even speaking like this? How is this even, you know, happening? Um, And I just thought that, man, like, you know, a lot of the times we're like that today. We're those people asking, isn't this Joseph's son? Because, I mean, Jesus was the son of God, right? And for a lot of people, it was hard to believe it. It was hard to believe it. Why? Because it was his hometown. You know, the biggest part of this all was in verse 24 when he said, no prophet accepted in his hometown. Um, and that's really what I want to center this entire, you know, thing around about how it's hard for people to accept the fact that other people change because we like to keep each other in some type of prison of perception hence why i call this episode the perception prison jesus got on stage and he said the spirit of the lord is upon me this is who i am i am the son of god i am the messiah this is the things that i'm going to do right he presented himself he wasn't lying I mean, if you don't believe in Jesus Christ, then maybe you think he was lying. But I believe in Jesus Christ. So he wasn't lying. He said the truth. But the people who watched him when he was young and to grow up to where he is now saying, there's no way you're him. You're Joseph's son. You know, like, come on now. Like, you're not you're not special. You're not special. And his response, man, like, you know, like. He wasn't surprised. It was just like, man, a prophet's not welcome in his hometown. Think about your situation, your life, right? There's probably people who are not okay with you changing. There's probably people who are not okay with um, you getting into that great college and going far with your life. Or maybe you're the person who isn't happy that somebody else has grown, grown, past, grown past you. We need to stop, you know, keeping people in our perception prisons. I think that this is definitely a topic that the black community could uh, hone in on some more. And it's some, and it's a topic where we got to take some accountability because a lot of the times it's crabs in a barrel. You know, we, we want to be quick to blame the government. We want to be quick to, quick to uh, claim anybody who's not an ally of the black community, which is, you know, it's not a bad guess, you know, to a lot of problems that we have. Like, it's not a it's not an illogical thing to do to blame the government. It's not an illogical thing to do to blame people who are not allies of the black community. However, sometimes it's not 
you know, the white man taking our lives. Sometimes it's not um, the government taking our lives. Unfortunately, sometimes it's us. And no, it's not because, oh, we've been uh, oppressed to the place where all we can do is have this animosity to each other. No, like that's that's literally something that we have to fix in our own community because before we could go and we could uh, uh, fight the oppression oppression that we have, we have to make sure we good, you know, at home. You feel me? Like, how are we supposed to go and get what we want to get out of society? But meanwhile, our our uh, front, our our congregation is not, you know, like nothing. There's so much division. There's so much spite and so much jealousy. And I'm not saying that these characterize the black community, but I do think that it's something that we as a black community need to address. It's the jealousy and the comparing and the crabs in the barrel process or that we go through, you know, and I think it's a cause of the perception prison. You grew up with this guy in your elementary school, then middle school, then high school, and you guys branch off. You probably lose touch after high school and into college and you guys end up doing two very different things. And now you're jealous. Not so much because. There's somebody that's doing good for themselves, but more because that person was just right here with you, and now they're up there. You know, without you knowing, you had locked them in a perception prison. You you had a perception of them to be right there with you. You had a perception of them to stay in the hood. You had a perception of them to, uh, you know, stay working um at uh you know a fast food restaurant you didn't never think that they maybe you would say hey man you know stay up you're gonna get it one day we all gonna get it one day but then when he got it before you or she got it before you that that they broke out of your perception prison that's a problem that's a problem when we put people into boxes when we limit them in their minds and maybe you're the person that's been limited yourself. You know, you you battle a perception prison that people have on you. You know, I think that's a big thing um, in the black community, too, because a lot of us face low expectations. I feel like, you know, we we know we know the danger of, you know, that comes with the pressure of high expectations. But I think having low expectations placed on you is probably even more dangerous or just about dangerous. You know, people perceive you to not do that much good things. So you don't. Thankfully, you know, you get a rapper like Nipsey Hussle who, although those perceptions were definitely on him, being a rapper, being... And I mean, I'm not saying anything's wrong with a rapper, but we know the stereotypes that surround that. Nobody expects you to do that much good for a community. <laughs> um. So, you know, like, you know, it wasn't big expectations for him to 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 make it out and to to give back to everybody. But, you know, he did that. Some people were mad about it. I think that two things I want to get off in this uh, episode is one to stop with the perception prisons and two for the people who find themselves in those prisons, man, you know, don't fear breaking free 
you know, unfortunately, we've had a history of a lot of people breaking free of those perception perception prisons and being killed for it. You know, you do something that is beyond what um, people expect of you. They get jealous, they get spiteful, and they take your life. It could be your ex-homie. It could be your ex-spouse or significant other. They take your life because you're doing more than they expected. But what I would want to encourage everybody that's listening is that, yo, no matter what, the worst thing you can do to yourself is waste your purpose. If your purpose is on the other side of those bars, other side of that box, you got to go get it, man. Unfortunately, unfortunately, sometimes, you know, that can end bad. And you have to acknowledge that. But hopefully, you know, when we start talking about perception prison and um, we start trying to make the steps as a community to get rid of these perception prisons and, you know, the risk to step out, you know, and, and be who you who uh, you've been called to be and fulfill the purpose that God has given you in life, it won't be as risky in that sense where it's like you have to think, worry about watching your back for somebody that's jealousy. Um, you know, and, you know, really with when it comes to people who uh, maybe somebody's already broken out of your perception prison and you do you do battle with jealousy and you got to be real with it. I think the first step to really conquering anything is, you know, recognizing it. How are you going to fight what you don't recognize? What you don't even, you know, like you, you got to recognize it. I've been jealous of people. Hell yeah, I'm jealous of people. I know that. I have been. But, you know, you know what you want to know what got me through that jealousy? One, understanding that, and this may sound really selfish, but when you understand that what how great people are doesn't really affect it, it will never have an effect on the purpose God has given you. That's how I see it. You know, it's it's definitely different when like you're in a capitalist society, right? And you know, somebody else's success can literally be your demise. Um, but when we talk about the purpose that God has given each and every one of us, nobody can stop you from fulfilling God's purpose. Nothing can stop you from from fulfilling God's purpose. I think um, a lot of people who um, find themselves jealous doubt that they can be something special. One thing you have to realize that you already are special, but for the sake of this conversation, you know, they doubt that they can be something special. It's not so much that they that somebody else got theirs. It's that somebody else got theirs and you don't feel like you've gotten yours. Right. That's really what it is, because if we was all rich, who who, who are we going to be jealous of? You know, if we was all famous, who who who's there to be jealous of? I think that when we lose sight of our capabilities, what we can do, um, that's when we start to kind of oh fold you know we start to fold and then we start to compare ourselves to others and that brings about the spite and that brings about the jealousy but really to end off the show i want everybody to understand how much you are capable of if you take one thing from this podcast besides don't keep people in a perception prison and if you're in a perception prison don't be afraid to break out one thing i want you to also realize is that you can do anything 
And when I say anything, I mean that we all when when we when we go and we we say we can do anything, it's really one thing that we want to do. <laughs> you know, even if that has multiple different avenues to it, it's really that one thing we want to do. Um but when I mean anything, I'm talking about I believe we we all have a purpose, right? So so when I say anything, for me anything is God's purpose. You can do God's purpose that he's put in your life because he created you literally and equipped you literally like when you make a, a when you make a cup in ceramics class to hold water the cup is able to hold water just like when he created you to be a mogul if he created you to be a mogul you can be a mogul if he created you to be a teacher you can be a teacher and nothing can stop you from doing that. When you have that mentality, that's when you have the high expectations placed on you. And these high expectations are not just high expectations. They also come with, you know, that that feeling of God is backing me and all of this. You can do anything. You know, there's been times where, you know, I doubt myself. Right. I doubt this whole unassociated gig. You know, all the all the money I've been investing into marketing and social media does not translate to uh, views like I wanted it. Content didn't come out like I wanted it. Um, still trying to build a team like I wanted. So then I start to think, man, like, you know, like, am I capable of doing this? But I'm always rest assured because I know that this is goes side and side with um, hand in hand with my purpose. And if it goes hand in hand with my purpose, this is being backed by God. Right. You can do anything. You don't have to. And you have to realize that other people can do anything too. And be okay with that. Be okay with that. Rooting for other people. When they break through your perception ceiling. When they break the glass ceiling. Root for them. Don't shoot them. We all got power. We all got influence in some type of way, shape, or form. We all are able to do the things that God has put us on this world to do. There's no need to be jealous. There's no need to compare ourselves. We all got different paths. Let that person go out of your perception prison. Let them go. And if you are in one, break that ceiling. Don't be scared. Bottom line is, God put you on this planet and he equipped you with everything that you need in order to be the person that he needs you to be. Period. And when you are that person, that brings forth all the fruits of the spirit, the love, the joy, the peace, the goodness, the kindness, the patience, all of that, all of that. So with that being said, we're going to go into confession time. I confess over your life that that you know that you are special. You know that you are capable. When other people get blessed, you know that God is in the neighborhood and you're about to get blessed, too. And even if that wasn't the case. You're happy for other people. You don't keep people in perception prisons. You believe in other people and other people believe in you. And matter of fact, even if other people don't believe in you, you believe in what God can do through you. You are amazing. You're going to shock a lot of people. You're going to shock a lot of people. A lot of people are going to be surprised. Let them be surprised. Is this not Joseph's son? That's what Jesus had to go through. People thought he was Joseph, Joseph's son, even though he's trying to tell them that they that he was a child of God. Try to tell them that he was a child of God. They say, this is not Joseph's son. 
So they, they, you're definitely going to get, you know, backlash when you define who you are. You will. You'll get backlash from people who want to keep you in that perception prison. Yep, there's one on all of us. Don't be scared to break through. You're not scared to break through. You're not. Keep going. Keep working. Don't quit. Don't doubt. Stay in tune with the most high. You got it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in once again. Once again, I got to reiterate, man. You know, we define ourselves by by who God says we are. Jesus went through it. The backlash, you know, people calling him blasphemous. People keeping him, keeping him in perception prisons. And you could definitely go through it too. But at the end of the day, you know who you are just like Jesus knew who he was. You are bound to make inevitable impact, positive impact on this world, on the people around you. So with that being said, go out, influence. Go out, be a light. Go out and make somebody else's life better. Uh, make your life better. Break through your ceiling. Break through those perception prisons. And if you have them on anybody else, get rid of them. With that being said, you you have a great week. And see you next week. Boom.